Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host Zoe Forsey and I'm joined as always by our Royal Editor Russell Myers. We've got lots to talk about this week, including an extraordinary story about an intruder at Windsor Castle, some bad news for Meghan Markle, new Princess Charlotte photos and a really busy week for Camilla actually. So hi Russell, how are you? I'm very well. Good afternoon. Not, Dan- not the only one with a busy week. We were just saying, weren't we? It's just, what did we say to Dan last week? I've got not much going on next week. And yeah, then- I was just about to say, we've been <laughs> accused of jinxing it. Dan's given us a telling off before we came into record today for, for saying that we've we've made it a busy week. But can we jump straight in then with this app, this story about the intruder at Windsor? Because it was one of those stories that I've read and was speechless by it because I know that we have been there have been lots of stories over the years about security breaches and issues around kind of royal palaces and royal buildings but this one was just ridiculous because not only did the guy get in he he had to they gave you know he spent the night there and had breakfast didn't he I know this is absolutely extraordinary I mean I'm still we're still thinking about the um the crossbow wielding intruder story from Christmas day which yeah just just uh sidetracked me from my turkey dinner for a few hours (laughs) because I remember getting a call on Christmas day and yeah I thought that can't be right that just cannot be right (laughs) and uh and lo and behold it was and um fresh on the the heels of, of that story which is still part of uh, an official investigation this uh story is about the, the queen's guard let a fake priest stay the night and uh, an imposter was allowed to get essentially get into the army barracks tricked his way past the guards at the door saying that he was uh, a friend of the the chaplain um of the cold scream guards barracks near windsor castle and this um this this is absolutely extraordinary a ministry of defense probe is already underway and i think more extraordinary is the detail that has come out since so he was not even rumbled until the morning and they'd let not only let him sort of you know coughing food and drink in the officer's mess uh, telling them stories about how he was a hero pilot had uh had had special uh, special processes to allow him to undergo incredible g-force in uh, in a fighter jet how he'd ejector seated out of uh enemy territory and all sorts. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He said that he'd received a medal for bravery in the Iraq war. Apparently he was wearing uh, a priest outfit, dog collars kind of vibes. Um, He received transplants for internal organs resistant to G-forces. And nobody asked him for any credentials, where where he was from. They just took him at his word and and also said that he was a friend of Prince Harry. So that's probably the, the actual true thing. Maybe out of all of this, yeah, uh, <laughs> he was uh, he was mates with Harry. But listen, it, the, the the whole thing is extraordinary, and I think a major major security blunder, and something that the uh, the Ministry of Defence will have to look into. It was yeah, it was just absolute. It was just one of those really baffling stories, and as you said, it was the detail of it, the the fact about the the internal organs and everything like that. Now the Queen wasn't in Windsor at the time, was she? No, she wasn't. She was in uh, Sandringham, where she had been spending some time after her birthday, welcoming family and friends, which we touched upon last week. But the real issue here is that, you know, I suppose this is just uh, around the corner. If you've ever been to Windsor, it's literally down the road and around the corner from the actual castle. Um, And on the back of the uh, the crossbow intruder at, uh, at Christmas Day, these are quite some serious um, issues that they need to look at, look into because 
Who's to say that the Queen could have been there? I mean, she was there on Christmas Day. The security services were there very, very quickly. They'd seen him on CCTV. But um, the Coldstream Guards are there to protect the Queen and the castle. So the fact that she returned just a few hours later, um, I mean, you could say it's neither here nor there because she would have been protected whilst in her personal quarters. However, I just think that... Some things um, probably need to happen with, uh, within the security aspect because remember back in, well, you, you won't remember and I won't remember. We were far too young. However, in 1982, when uh, Michael Fagan broke into to, to Buckingham Palace and managed to sit beside the Queen for some time, there was a huge, huge root and branch investigation and... Um, investigation for in order to, to look at the security i suppose and and that carried on for many many years afterwards so the fact that there's been two in you know just a little, what are we less than six months um is quite it's quite shocking really and i'm sure that these the security services uh the police force Thames valley police and of course the ministry of defense cold and the cold stream guards will want to look into everything i mean i just saw some quotes from sort of vet met police commanders at the, during the week saying that this is very, very serious. And of course, they should be on full alert anyway because of the Jubilee it, um, celebrations are coming up. So whether that there must be a heightened level of, of um, potential threats from terrorists uh, and yeah, potential maniacs <laughs> trying to get inside yeah. the palace. I mean, that, that that is a real, real issue. And if they're sort of uh, sleeping on the job, as it were, it's, um, it's quite concerning. And I must imagine this must have, you know, really concerning members of the family as well, because I guess they worry about the Queen, I assume, in lots of other work. You know, everyone worries about their grandparents, don't they? And they're obviously, you know, she's had health troubles over the last few months and lots of different bits. But I, you'd hope to think that if you lived in a castle with this huge security team, that you'd that were one of the things you would hope not to have to worry about. And if they've now yeah. got this to be fearful of as well, if even the people that are trusted to, you know, make sure she's all right... And that's yeah, the thing I mean, with Windsor is just, it's so central. It's, you know, part yeah. of the town. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not just someone's just got in over the fence and he was apprehended like the crossbow guy. So you could you could you could say, listen, people are, are, are potentially going to try that method of gaining entrance to a palace or castle all the time. And fortunately, that man was apprehended very, very quickly. This is someone who was able to get past the guards on the door. He was able to stay with the the uh, the soldiers in the officer's mess, not only just for a couple of drinks, he stayed there all night and then was giving a bed for the night. Yeah. So, and breakfast. What do you reckon he had breakfast. for breakfast? What do you reckon they <laughs> would you reckon, reckon he, he had some up? humble pie yeah. because he was <laughs> well swiftly, <laughs> swiftly taken off by the old Bill. So, uh, so... I mean, we don't know what's happening at the moment. I mean, I imagine the man's mental health um, is is a potential issue in this case, seeing as he was billed as a fantasist by uh, by uh, by police sources who have um, who told the newspapers. So, you know, it's a. I, I think it is concerning, and you may say, well, it's quite removed from the Queen or the rest of the royal family. But definitely, I think that that um, that issue that we should all be on full alert certainly the security services are on full alert because of the jubilee celebrations is a very very real issue here to contend with so um so yeah we'll we'll wait and see what if any there are any sort of publication of um of the of the result of the inquiry to us. yeah i was just going to ask that i don't really know our ministry of defense 
investigations are they normally public knowledge because i'm assuming probably not all of them yeah. because surely they want to no. keep some of it <laughs> secret yeah, sure. kind of what it's they do sort of under lock and key isn't it because they'll 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 they'll, they'll obviously be some heads will definitely roll over this. Yes. I think you do feel kind of sorry for them in a way because you think, oh my God, they, they obviously didn't really know. They'd absolutely been hoodwinked, but that's the issue. That's their job. They're supposed to be on the on door protecting the barracks and um, and God forbid anything more serious didn't happen, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's the, you know, the one thing to kind of take from it is lucky that the, you know, the Queen wasn't anywhere nearby. You know, there were no other royals that we know of that that him involved involved in it. Um, but still, it's it's a really worrying one. And, you know, interesting to know if we'll find out any more. Now, moving over to America in, there's no way to kind of subtly link these two together. But Meghan Markle's not had a great week, has she? Um, obviously, we were all looking forward to some more than others. Her first Netflix project, obviously, they signed that huge, massive deal. Gosh, was it last year or the year before? Last year mm-hmm. um, with the streaming service. And we were looking forward to getting Pearl, which was meant to be a cartoon series. But that's now been dropped, hasn't it? Well, it has. And again what side of the coin do you fall on? Is this something that Netflix are, are under pressure? Um, they obviously needing to, to make some big savings. There have been other shows that have been dropped. Uh, I think they're, all their subscriptions are um, severely down. I was thinking of cancelling mine the other day. I mean, I just don't think there's anything on Netflix anymore. Like you've got Amazon, Disney's really good at the moment. So I think they are battling. Um, they obviously do need to save an awful lot of money. And the Duchess of Sussex is upcoming animated series has been duly dumped i mean this was something that um had been in the work she'd been developing with sir Elton john's husband david furnish well it will no doubt come as a blow to the sussexes because there has been a, a big launch a couple of big launches to much fanfare with netflix with spotify tens of if not hundreds of millions of dollars at stake I mean, I think that the the, the Sussexes, indeed, Megan was d- d- going to regard this as a, a major, major sort of stepping stone into the worlds of um, executive production, shall we say? Um, because the Elephant series didn't really strike a chord with with um, a lot of people. I actually watched that the other day for the first for the first time in a long time, and uh, I just thought it was pretty flat. So. Maybe Netflix have, have seen what they were working on and they decided to, to can it. Um, again, it, 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 is he just an unfortunate casualty of everything because it was only in production stage? It cost less money to just scratch it and to say, get on with, a, get on with something else that we're more interested yeah. in. Maybe, maybe that is the case. I mean, playing devil's advocate, I'm yeah, sure that they the would only say thing, that. It's not the only thing that was cancelled as well. There were a few others that have kind of been victim of these cuts. So it is worth yeah. noting that it's not that. As well, but so it was. So it was that um, 112 million pound deal, wasn't it? In September 2020. What have we actually had from them since on Netflix? Nothing, have well, we? We, have, we haven't had anything. They're doing I mean, the Invictus is... documentary, which well, they that's filmed. Harry. I mean, obviously, yeah. Megan has got involved in that because of she, they, they, she was at the Hague as well, and they. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I'm sure Netflix-style production about the incredible heroism, bravery um, against all the odds. It, it, it'll be a really, really good production. And um, once once that's done, this was supposed to be the next big launch. So the fact that they've kind of canned their own joint podcast kind of vibe. I mean, we know how hard it is to do a podcast. So <laughs> how foolhardy of them to think they could just waltz into the arena and take it over. But then 
Megan's now doing archetypes. Um, I mean, when are we going to see some content? I'm sure that's what the bosses are saying as well, because there have been certain reports I've seen in uh, in UK and US media that that, that that the bosses of these streaming giants were getting a little frustrated. Um, and you can understand why, because a year or two on, from from very little content. I mean, what one one podcast with a very annoying jingle? No, uh, now no Netflix series. You would assume the um, the Invictus Games one needs to be following pretty soon because we've just had the games and 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 it would have been following the stories up into the games and um, and now they're finished. So yeah, when are we going to see some content? I mean, <laughs> sooner rather than later. I imagine everyone would hope. And there weren't any other projects that I can think of that were meant to be upcoming on Netflix, were there? There's nothing else in the pipeline that's been publicised anyway. Not not to no. my knowledge. I mean, again, I think that they would have we would have heard about them if there was again, this Pearl project we we heard about because it was linked to David Furnish. Um it, there was it was anticipated. And it's it is, I mean, it is a blow. It is relatively embarrassing they've got to they've got to produce some content i mean it's up to the the, the figures that i was told at the time is is a hundred million flat fee i mean it's been up and down from those there's been a couple of figures mentioned from spotify deal undoubtedly they're two big superstars they carry an awful lot of weight whatever they turn out is going to be hugely hugely followed however they've got to start doing some work i mean i imagine they're doing a lot behind the scenes but um, will people get bored of them? I mean, maybe. I, I, I mean, I, you, you know, you know more than me about sort of levels of what they're doing. Hit rate about stories. I mean, yeah. are they are they still as popular as ever or not? It does feel like it's kind of dropping off a little bit, but I think that's largely because we just haven't seen anything from them. Not that I don't think people aren't interested. I think there's nothing for people to be interested in, and it feels like, you know, they had that. They were back on, you know, back in the news, back all over everyone's social media mm. because of the Invictus Games. And, you know, they kind of need to jump on those spikes when they're back in the public eye again. Um, so hopefully it won't be too long. And yeah, that's a good point about Invictus. Surely that that can't be too far off now. But yeah, well, the, to look you know to. what? The other, the other thing is about, you know, surely you've got to strike why the iron's hot. You've got yeah. to stay relevant. You've got to, you know, it's not like Adele who does an album, what, every five seven years or whatever but and, there, and there's huge global um expectation of when that comes and you can ride, ride the crest of that i mean because there's a lot of drama across them all the time you know harry's I, I didn't i didn't think harry's interview was very well received i mean um speaking to colleagues in america i think it was it was just seen as unnecessary drama, and then the whole issue about I'm going to I'm making sure I'm keeping an eye on the Queen, protecting her, and all that nonsense. I mean, God, I just I just I just don't think it's it's good for their brand. So yeah. maybe Netflix agree at the moment. And we'll I guess to, maybe we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I guess maybe as well because if, if they risk holding that Invictus thing until you know another month or so, is it just oh, get surely they can't. lost oh, in everything in Jubilee? Because that's going to yeah, be what takes yeah. up every single royal reporter's time, and yeah. we'll go from there. But anyway, moving away from that, mm. now a bit closer to home. There's been this was an exclusive story you had, didn't you, this week? A bit of a row in Windsor and about pro- property wars, if you will, of who's going to have well, one of the yeah, new cottages. Sort of widely murmured this for a, few, for a while, sort of um, 
you know, Andrew and being his usual bullish self had always wanted a, a residence of standing for his two daughters. And along with you know, the various rows throughout the years about how his children shouldn't be treated any differently from William and Harry. Um, and now it seems because you, Eugenie and Jack have been living in Frogmore Cottage, they have let it be known that they kind of need somewhere to live. And whether that will be that that obviously won't be permanently at Frogmore Cottage, because when Harry and Meghan were back here, they were staying there. Probably gets a little bit awkward when you're mm-hmm. staying in somebody else's home and you know, then it's their home and they have to move back. Does this mean that Harry and Meghan are planning to come and stay a bit longer. I mean, maybe they will still come for the Jubilee. I've been told that certainly Harry and Meghan's team were making plans for them to come over. So whether that whether that does mean that they will, who knows? But um, but certainly I, I I feel that Eugenie has has felt they need to move on from there. And Adelaide Cottage on in the grounds of the Windsor Estate, sort of a stone throw away from Windsor Castle, has been left vacant for a few years. It was revamped in about 2015 to quite a lot of money. And, uh, and you know, has she had her eye on it, as the uh, Duke of York had for one of his daughters? It seems as though the Cambridges might have their eye on it as well. Oh, so no. once again... Prince Andrew at the centre of a royal row. Who would have thought it? I mean, he's not been in the newspapers for for about three days, so he uh, <laughs> he's probably uh, else. Drew a, yeah. a run out. Yeah. Well, I mean, this could get pretty um, pretty awkward because widely reported that Cambridges are looking to move from Kensington Palace. Some say sooner rather than later. It's been spoken about for a couple of days, but some reports do say that uh, that the, the Cambridges have looked at schools. They've enrolled George in a school in Berkshire. They're certainly very, very keen to move to Windsor Castle. Would that open up the possibility of them one day taking over Windsor Castle? Well, maybe, because Prince Charles doesn't really have any ideals to take it over. He's perfectly happy at... Sandringham um, and uh, and at Highgrove and at Burke Hall. So, but of course he will take over Balmoral. So, it does kind of leave Windsor vacant. Um, so, would the Cambridges, you know, try to try and get a, a, um, a just a, a, a stopgap residence, I suppose? And uh, does Adelaide Cottage fit fit that? Well, it probably does because it's big enough for their family. It's close to the Queen, which is obviously very important to William and, and Kate and the children again in her advancing years i think that that is that is relevant um and it's close to london so i mean if the, of course if it if push came to shove it would be the cambridges who got first refusal so i'm sure that would put uh, prince andrew's nose out of joint even further but um and it's also yeah. close to eton if they want to send the boys there yeah i mean again i'm not too sure whether they would because um, there have been other schools mentioned. They like keeping the family close. I don't think they'd send the kids to boarding school. Um, it's very much a case that they've always been there for for school runs and they're, they're very, very invested in trying to give the children as normal life as possible whilst living in palaces and having a granny who's the queen. Um, but, that, I mean, it is commendable because I think that they've really broken the mould in that sense and they've really tried to create a family life for themselves, which is as normal in inverted commas as possible and um and the kids do seem very very well rounded from from people i speak to that they are very um you know happy at school they're they've got their own very different personalities and so um i'm sure that the cambridges would want to to continue that work as being part of a family unit so 
it'll be interesting to see where they end up because Fort Fort Belvedere was um was mentioned as well. That's that sort of castle. That's a very looking. lovely looking one, isn't it? That's very, very that's proper nice. royal. I think I think I'd go for that to be honest. <laughs> in a castle. It's like the, the baby castle from, uh, yeah. from just down the road. Um but again, uh, some, some people are saying this this will happen sooner rather than later. It's all it's all very cloak and dagger at the moment. So I just think we have to wait and see possibly um you know, at the end of the school year and see if there are, are moves to be made. I mean, they will be keeping Kensington Palace as a working palace. Um all their staff will still be based in London. It does seem it's not too much of a commute. I mean, plenty of people who do it. I mean, they're not going to be jumping on the train, are they? They're going to have outriders just uh, whisking them into London, West West London. So um again, bit a bit of an upset for Eugenie if she needs to find another place to live, but I, I I'm sure I'm sure they will survive. It's interesting because I hadn't thought about the Meghan and Harry link to that of them possibly coming back because I assume maybe it was just, you know, Jack and Eugenie just wanted to kind of, I don't know, if they want to paint a colour or if they've got a different taste. Uh, I imagine they have quite different decor tastes, like just generally of what we know of them as people. So, but yeah, it's, it's quite, I think it will get lots of people excited if it might mean we'll see more of the Sussexes. Well, I think, yeah, definitely. And, um, and the argument is, you know, maybe the... There's always an argument. Maybe the palaces shouldn't be so London centric. Maybe they should get out more. I mean, it will allow them to. One would argue to do more jobs in the Midlands and further afield, perhaps, because if they're already on the way, there are. I think I think royal jobs are still very London centric. They do try their best to get out, but there's there an awful lot of jobs in London. So um, I'm 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 sure it will be a good move for the Cambridge because the Cambridge to do a lot of things which is going to benefit their family. I think that that is the their their mo straight away. Page one is always about what will benefit the family, um, and that is very admirable because I'm sure they feel the weight of expectation to try and give their their um, their children as as normal life as possible. I suppose exciting times, really exciting times for them now. Also this week, we had Princess Charlotte's birthday, didn't we? And some lovely new photos to go with it. We did. I know you're very excited about uh, uh, the uh, the Duchess of Cambridge's pictures. What, what did you think I love of this ones? time of year because we get so many photos because we obviously have, yeah, you know, we have all the kids' babies, all the kids' birthdays, which is good. These were really cute. Um, all the bluebells, weren't they? Nice shots. Uh, she looked just as always, as it always is when Kate takes these photos. They just look so relaxed. So lovely. And we got to see the dog for the first time properly, I think, wasn't it? Orla. Orla. Orla the dog. Yes. Lovely I mean, name. Yeah, nice dog. What is it? It's a it's a King Charles Spaniel, isn't it? I think so, because this was the one that did it come from uh, James Middleton. James J Middy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely dog. I mean, um, I, I, I mean, to try and say a bit more something a bit more interesting than my hasn't she grown? I'm sure the, <laughs> you know, I, that's why I like the Louis pictures because you're running around with a cricket ball. It's very happy. I mean, I th- I think you know, Charlotte's probably got the most personality out of all of them at the moment hasn't she i still can't get over when she told the photographers you're not coming in i know that was brilliant wasn't it (laughs) (laughs) but she looked really cute lots of people talking about the fact that she was wearing jeans in these photos rather you know we've got used to seeing her in the you know really cute little dresses so it's nice to see her in a bit more of a a casual look with that um lovely jumper kind of matching the bluebells behind her and that it was like a white shirt with i think polka dots which was really cute 
Lovely photos. Really nice. So yeah, happy seventh birthday to Princess Charlotte. Um, now, what else have we had? Oh, the Queen. We we mentioned this a few weeks ago, didn't we? Of the excitement of the Queen having a, a potentially, you know, going to Epsom a for winner. the a winner. A winner for the first time. She'd never had a winner at the Derby. And the Epsom Derby is uh, widely considered sort of the world's greatest flat race. Um, incredible course um in surrey and the queen has never had a winner there are five big sort of championship races and she has won them all, all the others and never had a winner in the derby she had three horses running up until last week well up until this week actually and um reached for the moon which was a third favorite at seven to one decent little bet that has pulled out alongside educator and general idea they were sort of a bit of a rank outside uh, bet for the queen however um, it seems as though that they'd uh, reached for the moon especially had had an injury last year and was struggling for full fitness so the the trainers decided to pull him out of the race unfortunately so bit of a blow to the race um, course chiefs because they have been battling i think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago yeah it's in the jubilee weekend isn't it it is definitely it's june the 4th the big race on the saturday and they are really really determined to get the queen there and especially members of the royal family there so there's this military style operation to try and get the queen into the car driven down as close to the sort of the uh, the entry to the race course and the lifts as possible so she can sit in comfort in the royal box um because again she's been suffering these mobility problems of late although she looked very very sprightly the other day she was meeting the yeah the, uh, i think the prime minister of switzerland they were and, great uh, photos yeah she looked really she looked happy she was beaming away wasn't she she had a lovely lovely blue dress on that was I really spoke lovely. to someone at Sandringham who said that she was feeling revitalised and refreshed, and they were uh, they were said she was full of the joys of spring. And I thought, oh, oh that's lovely. that's a lovely thing to say about the Queen. And then I saw those photos. And I thought, gosh, well, they weren't wrong because she looks um, she looks absolutely you know, full of the joys of life, which is great because she's been having a nice break down in Sandringham. Um, had her birthday, of course, also for our family and friends. So. I still think she will want to go to the races. They will be doing everything they can to try and get her there. But it is obviously a very jam-packed Jubilee weekend. So maybe she will have to pick her battles. And if she hasn't got a horse racing, maybe she will just uh, stay and watch it on the telly. Yeah, I don't... The day out of horse racing is good fun, especially if all the family goes. I love and really miss actually seeing her at... Royal Ascot, um, but it's always they all just one of those events where I love they all just chat. They all look like they're having such a great time. So hopefully they can make it down for that. Um, but yeah, disappointing um, news about the what was it? Reach for the Moon, also a great Reach name for the Moon. Yeah, kind yeah. of S Club Seven vibes is what that Reach brings. For the stars. Yeah, what it brings yeah. to my mind there. I hope that's what it was inspired by. Now Camilla's had an awfully busy week this week, hasn't she? She's done loads of engagements. She has. I know you're very keen on Camilla on vote on is going to be on the cover of Vogue. Yeah, you can talk about all the actual royal things she's done this week afterwards, but I want to talk about. Um, she's going to be on the cover of Vogue. We've uh, found out this week, so it's her seventy fifth birthday in July. So she's yeah, she's been given the cover uh, the cover 
photo, the cover shoot. So obviously, you know, this is something The cover, that, I think it's called. The cover, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just too excited. I'm clearly getting caught up on it. So the photo shoot's already happened. It took place last week. Now, apparently, she was offered the full, you know, the full works and a big team of celebs, stylists to be flown in. Glam squad. Glam squad, there we go. But she said no, and she just had a small group there from the magazine there, and she also had, like, some palace aides. Lots of secrecy about it, obviously, so that nothing is leaked. But it's really exciting. It's a huge honour. We know that Diana did Vogue. Uh, Kate's done Vogue. The Megan, Queen. The Queen's done Vogue. Princess Margaret's done Vogue. Princess Anne. Princess Anne, yes, of course. Now, Megan didn't... Well, she did do Vogue, but she didn't do the cover. She did her, obviously... Um, Gosh, what was it? Movement? Lord, what was it called? No, I mean, she re- she turned it down because she thought it would be too... What was the word? Self-indulgent. Yes, because she did it on Voices of Change. That was it, Voices of Change. And then they change. had that little mirror on yes, the front. Yes, that was it. Which would look like the, some backhoe foil or something. Yes, but it was a lovely idea. It was a nice, <laughs> yeah, well, it was I, a nice I'm a, idea. I'm a fan of the idea. I think the execution was poorly thought out, but I'm not the editor of Vogue. You, you are not. And call. please, please, anyone making decisions on that, do not let. There will be a lot of pussy bows in that, I think. Amber would be very proud if that, All for it. If All that for happened. It. But yes, yeah, so that's really exciting. So we'll see that in the summer, which will be lovely. And mm. as I said, a huge honour. It can't be, you know, apparently it's been in talks for a long while, but it feels like it fits really nicely, obviously, after the Queen's, you know, said earlier this year that she wants Camilla to be the Queen consort. So re- really nice, and that'd be something to look forward to. Very but good. elsewhere, she, um, well, her and Charles went to the BBC, didn't they? That was probably the first time we saw her in this week. Oh, yeah, just speaking about fashionista stuff, because obviously I'm on the money um Duchess of <laughs> Cambridge is going to be presenting the Queen Elizabeth II award for British design oh, of course yes this at afternoon. a very fancy event this evening so you will hear about this in the space-time continuum because it is embargoed at the British Fashion Council meeting at the London Design Museum now this is award recognizes the culture and trade role of British design and the fashion industry has played and continues to play throughout Her Majesty's reign. So very, very much involved platinum jubilee vibes going on. Uh, The inaugural award was announced and presented to Richard Quinn in February 2018 when the Queen made her first visit to London Fashion Week. Oh, that was brilliant. And she sat on the front row, didn't she? She did, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Kate is going to be presenting this award to an emerging British designer. And she is going to meet uh, Editor-in-Chief of British Vogue, Edward... I always pronounce his name wrong. Is it Enenful? Yes, Enenful. Enenful. Anyway. Oh, fantastic. Um, So he obviously worked very closely with Megan when she did her edition of it because she co-edited that edition, didn't she? So really, you know, really nice. Oh, yeah, I I, I won't be so facetious. I did actually really like the concept and I thought it was very well thought out. I just, I wasn't a fan of the foil on the front of the magazine. I thought it was a bit weird. Anyway. Well, I suppose you can't really have a real mirror. That would be a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Health and safety these days. But uh, anyway, moving on. Charles and Camilla, I was at the BBC with them last week. I didn't um, realise you were there. Exciting. It was, yeah, it was It was exciting because it is the 90th anniversary of the World Service and they were there to sort of, uh, there was no cake. I was really disappointed, there was no cake. I'm always up for going to an anniversary or sort of commemorations and there's normally cake going on, but anyway, there wasn't any. Uh, But they paid, it was really interesting because not only paying tribute to all the incredible journalism at the BBC and beyond, it's it's ongoing 
um, even as we speak in Afghanistan, in, in Ukraine, especially is getting a lot of uh, the spotlight at the moment. But they were then able to speak to the teams in this sort of big Zoom room that they'd set up. And they both Charles and Camilla met Clive Myrie and Lise Doucette and uh, two very, very familiar journalists on uh, on the BBC on sort of global screens at the moment because they've been anchoring the coverage from um, from Kiev. And so uh, they were able to speak to them. Very interesting what Lise said. She was saying, don't for a lot of attention on Ukraine at the moment, but don't forget the other wars. And I think that, that is... Something that they again come back to what do the what do the royals do? What are they what are they useful for? And that is something that they are useful for getting um, these sort of issues out into the open, meeting community groups, trying to work out how they can uh, be of help. And that is certainly something that they that they do do well. I think. Um, so yeah, ninety years of the World Service. Oh, it sounds like a great well, event, even if there was. And I do remember the day this was actually because you came into the office afterwards, didn't you? And I commented on the fact you were wearing a tie because <laughs> it was such a shock to see you in a tie. I, uh, I was either, yeah, either in court or at yeah. the, uh, <laughs> and still at hurt a, by the fact that yeah, the effort you make for Charles and Camilla is somewhat higher than it is. I'm wearing for... a very fetching. Look at my so, jumper. Yeah, is it, is it a salmon? Pink, a salmon pink. Salmon pink. Very nice. Yes. Looks, very looks lovely. Looks very nice. Now, Camilla was also at Emmaus, wasn't she? Which was a great event. I love this charity. I am a big fan personally. I used to live in Colchester um, in Essex and I basically, everything in my house was from Emmaus because I thought it was such a good idea and the products were amazing. But I don't have one local to me anymore. So it was really nice seeing a bit more information on it. So they were getting everything ready for the big lunch, weren't they? They were. Now, Emmaus, which you will know, supports a fantastic charity supporting homeless, uh, homelessness and homeless people. And the Duchess has been the charity's patron since 2006. And she was speaking to lots of people who were gathered. A big old spread up in Manchester, in Mosley. It looked, uh, it looked delightful. But the thing that caught Camilla's eye was a 1977 cup featuring a picture of the Queen. And it was uh, a, a Jubilee mug. She actually bought it. She bought it for one pound fifty. <laughs> but I didn't think the royals carried money. Oh yeah, is, that's true. You know, I always um just slightly sidetracking a sec because I always remember watching a documentary about Charles in Papua New Guinea, and he was just walking along saying, Oh, can I buy that? Can I buy oh, that? Oh, I remember that. And he had his four staff exactly were running around behind him going, Oh, we haven't got trying it. to find enough cash. Yeah. Anyway, so um Camilla paid paid one pound fifty and she said, I see you've got a nice Jubilee mug. I'm going to buy that. I've got a whole collection, believe it or oh, not. So amazing. And she also that. said, um, she also picked up a teapot and declared, oh, that's a really nice teapot here for anyone who collects them. I wish I had a bit more time. It's great to get presents if you have the time. So we'd, we know that she does her own shopping for a present and we know that she's, she's also got a Jubilee mug. I mean, there's now so strange as fact. No, so not just a Jubilee mug, a Jubilee mug collection. I, mean, I wonder how that. Do you reckon she gets up in the morning when she has her brew? Sit there, which you know, which utterly, which royal utterly, one do I have? Utterly bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. I hope she's got one from her wedding. Just have your, like your morning <laughs> cup just, of tea and a <laughs> just a wing, a wing dedicated to jubilee and cups and wedding cups. Bizarre. Absolutely great event. I loved it. Now speaking of jubilee fun, obviously we spoke about it a lot last week, but this week's jubilee update is. 
I think, the most exciting, and that is because we've got the shortlist for the pudding competition, haven't we? We do. We do have a shortlist for the for a pudding competition. Um, so what have we got? To start? Talk us through. Okay, we've got five finalists. We have uh, the Daily Mail. I've called them the lawyer, the sales manager, the composer, the skincare expert, and the copywriter. I mean, that seems quite like some, a game of Cluedo. Yeah, However, mm. there are creations of some five amateur baker, bakers who are the finalists in this national pudding com- competition to find the Platinum Jubilees Pudding of the Year. And it is... Um, <clears throat> bear with me. Sorry. Oh, you're getting ready. Clearing your throat for it. This is going to be big. I like the... <laughs> well, we have a Jubilee Bunt cake based on a classic Victoria sponge with a royal twist as it's shaped like a crown. Ooh. This uh, Sarah Smith from Warwickshire. 32-year-old lawyer. She used Dubonnet in the jam, which is the Queen's favourite tipple. And uh, after, well, after reading that, it was the the Queen's favourite drink. There's also Susan Gardner from Argyle and Butte in Scotland. She's a retired retired sales manager. She created a summary Four Nations pudding using Scottish berries, Yorkshire rhubarb, Welsh cakes, and Irish butter and cream. I'm just looking at a picture of this. It's absolutely incredible. Then we have Caitlin McLennan, uh, 29. She's a composer and oboist from Oxfordshire. She created a passion fruit and thyme. I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Fraggy pain tart. Answers got, on a postcard. I was going to say, no idea. We need Mary Berry. I've got absolutely Inspired no idea. by her late grandmother's favourite layer cake, it pairs the tartness of the passion fruit jelly with a hint of thyme for a subtle floral note with creamy cheesecake, fraggy oh. and buttery short crust pastry. Right, I'm, I'm waffling on, so I'll get <laughs> No, love it. There we have it. This is possibly my favourite, I think. Um, it is Shabnam Russo's, who is a skincare worker from North London. She created a rose fladua cake. She described it as a humble cake of the people from the streets of Mumbai. And she wanted the cake to represent the Queen's inclusive reign. Uh, it looks absolutely extraordinary. Lots of floral decorations on it. And finally, Gemma Melvin. 31-year-old copywriter from Southwark created lemon Swiss roll and amaretti trifle pudding. Now, this flavour was inspired, inspired rather by the lemon posset served at the Queen's wedding in 1947 and chose to elevate it with amaretti and mandarins. Oh, that there sounds go. good. That I think that's my favourite one. That sounds lovely. That should leave. I will leave you salivating at the choice of cakes. Um, I've I've put a picture on my Instagram to look at. It is delicious all the cakes that sounds very very nice i'm big fan of that that there's just so much and i love i love the fact that there are the difference i love with the that lemon one it's got nods to the Mm. wedding so it's you know a bit of a tribute to prince philip as well which is lovely the four nations one's good lots about lots yeah oh how lovely we've still got a while till we find out the winner of that though don't we but i wonder if we I want want to taste them all and trying to figure out a way that we can. (laughs) Well, maybe we should get in touch with them. Yeah. For doing what, doing, you know, we should have, we should have done the top 50. Yeah, that'd be a good make up for the lack of cake at the anniversary, the BBC anniversary event last week, all the puddings. Now, um, I'm not going to say in anything of whether next week is going to be busy or quiet because Dan will shout at me again. But what have we got coming up next week? There's one event that just dropped in before we walked in that looks really, really, um, you know, it's going to be a really powerful one about the Manchester uh, Arena uh, Terror Attack Memorial. 
Well, yes, indeed. And I think that this is part of, uh, we were just talking about the Royals getting out and about, and this is an incredibly worthy engagement to be at because William and Kate are going to be paying tribute to the 22 people savagely murdered in the Manchester Arena terror attack in 2017. And this is the opening, the official opening of the memorial, which has been created in their honour. And uh, they're going to be gathering at the service at uh, the Glade of Light, which is a white marble halo bearing the names of those killed in um, in the 2017 attack. So that is on May the 10th, just ahead of the fifth anniversary of um, of the awful atrocity which happened in 2017. Um, I understand William is going to say some words. Kate will lay some flowers and then they will join a private reception inside Manchester Cathedral afterwards and also speak to some of the families involved. So um, incredibly poignant engagement coming up for, for the Cambridges. And uh, and yes, I'm sure as ever, it will be an incredibly busy, busy week as we uh, as we are on the countdown to the Platinum Jubilee. We really are. There's lots. Yeah, I want, I can't, we're not, we know everything now, I think, don't we? Apart from the pudding Thing, apart from the secrets that we're not going to get till the end um so yeah the count the countdown is on it's very exciting it is indeed yeah, lovely right well thank you so much for joining me russell and thank you as always for everyone for listening in we are on instagram and twitter at pod save and until next time pod save the queen